This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. My name is Rachel, and we are going to chat about how we prep our kids for the weirdest Christmas ever. <laughs> um, I was going to be all Christmassy for you guys, but then all my Christmas decorations are in the attic, and uh, my husband isn't home, and I didn't want to go crawling around the attic by myself. If I'm going to do it, then it should be like a team thing. So um, I'm not crispy. My heart is Christmassy. Well, it's not because I am American. I've lived in this country for 18 years now. And so our family has a strict separation between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And Thanksgiving has not happened yet. So normally no one's allowed to say the word Christmas. No one's allowed to talk about the word Christmas. We're not allowed to do anything Christmassy. So it is very specific. But having worked for church, I have to make, you know, bubble, uh, you know, space. It's going to be okay. So today we're going to be talking about this Christmas thing of how do we prep our tiny people to walk into a Christmas that's going to look unlike anything else ever. How do we prep them for it? How do we still make it spiritually significant if our church maybe isn't running, if maybe our church isn't doing anything? Um, how do we how do we shape a Christmas that is spiritually impactful in a world of restrictions and who knows what'sness and whether or not we get to see each other. So uh, I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, any scenarios you're facing, if you have any wisdom. <laughs> I know none of us have done this before, but there are some, you know, comparisons. So if you have any wisdom that you want to add in, any things you're already facing, we'd love to hear from you. Questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, type it all in. Let's be one big community. And, uh, and let's talk about it. As usual, I am going to share a little bit of stuff and then I'm going to pause and I'm going to pray for us. And then I'll answer any questions you might have or highlight any comments that you're saying. So uh, let's get going because it's an evening and if I can get us out early, I will. Um, I think with under fives, it's, it's a particularly interesting scenario because they're so small that last year was like a quarter of their life ago. And so some of them have latched on to specific traditions, like this is what we do at Christmas. And others are like, I don't really remember Christmas very much. And so aren't really connected necessarily to the patterns that they have have. Regardless, we still want it to be spiritually significant. So what are the things that we need to think about to make this season really great? And one, I would suggest that you not worry about replicating what they normally would have. Because I think we've learned in this season that you can kill yourself trying to replicate what other people, what we've had in the past. And so there might be some circumstances, if you normally go to a carol service, I don't want you to feel like you now have to run a carol service out of your home. Or if you normally do a crib service, to feel like you have to do a crib service. Some of you are creative people and will love to do that and feel free, bless you. But I think what's more important than trying to think about how can I give them the services that I'm used to or the moments that I'm used to, it's really helpful, I think, to take a step back and ask ourselves, what is the spiritual sense, the spiritual 
main point, I guess, that we feel we want to engage with this Christmas. When you work for church, you shape a Christmas program. And a lot of times we all go away and we pray and we say, what is God saying this Christmas? Is this about joy? Is this about peace? Is this about him being in our mess with us? And we spend a lot of time talking about what part of the Christmas story we really want to wholeheartedly embrace and which service we want to do that in. And as working for a church, you sort of weave that in. But as a parent, we don't tend to sort of think about what's what's that. And I would really encourage you in this season to say, look, there's loads that we, there's loads of Christmassy stuff that we can do. But for our family, what is one main truth about Christmas that we really want to push into this year? And so some of you may be like, we just want to embrace the whole story. We just want to surround ourselves with telling us the story over and over and over and over again. And for you, that may be mean Jesse trees and, you know, Victoria Beach's wonderful calendar where you tell a bit of the story every day or watching every movie that sees the nativity story from lots of different perspectives or something. And you're just like, let's just swim in the story. Where others of us will say, actually, it's God's peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And he is coming to bring his peace. That's why he came. One of the reasons was to be peace. And that's what we're missing in this season. So this Christmas season, we're going to talk a lot about peace. We're going to make dove cookies and we're going to create windows into our lives about oh I remember that time when I was really stressed and then God gave me peace peace is like and explaining the idea to your kids and creating windows into when God is giving you peace and to talk about in the Bible story when you read the Christmas story to say oh and look how peaceful the shepherds felt to know the truth and look how peaceful you know Joseph and Mary were to finally hold their baby and think wow God is here look how peaceful and you could pick one aspect of it and really drill into that and two and three and four year olds Babies love that that repetitiveness of something. And so let's partner with their brains and pick something that you can repetitively push into over and over and over again, where you can establish those little phrases. You can establish that time where your whole family breathes. It may want to be the joy of the Lord and how, you know, the, the warrior angels sang and you might want to create warrior dances to God or whatever. But pick pick something that you feel actually your family needs to to really grab onto this Christmas. And then that that gives you a direction. So then whether or not you do a carol service at home or whether or not you decide that, yes, we want a nativity play at home, whatever you choose to do to engage with that, whatever your church is wanting to do, you've said, as a family, we think this is, this is how we want to grab Christmas in our hearts this year. And that gives you a grounding out of which you can then plan how you want your Christmas to look. So I would suggest that is like one big thing to start off with. And I can give you a thousand million stories and suggestions of how to do whatever you feel you want to grab onto. But the first thing is to feel as a family, you got it. The second thing I would suggest is that it's okay to value, it's okay to value sensory experiences as part of the spiritual experience of Christmas. And I think sometimes we view the spiritual experience of Christmas as the, you know, the services or the stuff that we do or the things that we say or the, the, the structures that we put in place. But I think some of us experience 
the spiritual side of Christmas quite sensorily. That sense during a carol service when after a song and you're just in a big space and it's the, the echoes still going and you're all just worshiping God in that moment of silence with the candles and there's just a, a moment of wonder and contemplation. That, that is such a sensory experience. It's a, it's a thing that you love that you can't quite articulate and, and that's okay. There can be those moments where you go, I, I still want that for my family. And it, we won't be able to do it in a carol service this year. So it's okay to say, you know what, I really want one time our family to, I know I have three under fives, but just one time everyone's going to hold a child and they'll be strapped down and duct taped to the chair. But I just want to light three candles and I want to sing away in the manger. Or I just want to sing something and thank God. This is a five minutes of, of a peaceful, wondrous, being in a space and worshiping God together moments with candles. That's what I want because I think there's something about something about that for me. And to not feel embarrassed by that, to seek out those sensory experiences that remind us of Christmas, the smells of feeling like home, the things that make remind you of the wonderful spiritual times of the past. Grab onto that because particularly under fives are quite sensorily um, encountering God. And so their favorite bit may be the singing carols at bedtime after you've prayed, or their favorite time may be that sense of cuddling on the couch and watching a candle burn. I know so many families who just put a candle and they just stare at the candle for like 10 minutes and then pray before bedtime during Christmas season. And there's just something about the cuddliness of it. Feel free to push into that, um, that sensory experience and you can recreate that sense so many different ways. I knew one family who loves being you know, out and, and being out together. They always go to this outdoor carol thing that happens under the tree in the center of their town. And so what they've decided to do this year is it's about sort of being outside in the cold with other people, worshiping God, looking at the sky, and thinking about when the angels appeared. And so there is no church service that's gonna do that for them. So they've decided they're gonna take a car and they're gonna drive to the darkest place they can find within a reasonable bit of what they think they can get away with, depending on what tier they'll be in after December. And uh, and they're, they wanna sit on their car and they want to have like a mini little picnic with hot chocolate and they wanna stare at the stars and they wanna sing every carol that they can think of that has to do with the sky. And I thought, well, that sounds fun. It's not what it used to be. It's not the pattern that it was, but it still grabs on to the spiritual thing that was important to them. So um, to embrace that, it, the sensory can be really important. And the third thing I just wanted to say before we take questions or comments is don't stress about doing stuff daily. There are so many amazing equipping things that are going to be thrown at you very quickly and it's all going to start coming. Advent is coming and they're going to be like every day 24 things to do during Advent and you're going to have lots of stuff coming at you and you're going to feel like if I was a good person I'm going to I'm going to do things I mean, every day. That will be great. And uh, very few of us manage to ever do things every day, and particularly parents of under fives. That feels like a superhuman feat. And so if you want to grab onto those things, fabulous, wonderful, great, feel free, but sort of give yourself a break to be like, you can see things over a week and go, I'll pick the two things I liked from that and do that. Just feel released from the dailiness. Daily stuff isn't going to be what your kids are going to remember. In 10 years time, your kids are not going to be like, you know what I loved? Never ever missing a day when I was three for my 24 days of Advent 
um, things to do calendar. They're not going to remember that. They're going to remember the two or three or four significant times that they connected to God, that they established a a spiritual moment that they engaged with that you guys talked about in the future. So be released. That doesn't mean don't grab the resources. It just means say, great, these are 24 fantastic ideas <laughs> for what I can do. Pick the ones that work for your family, throw off the ones that don't, and and choose what works for you in this season. It's going to be a weird Christmas, and it's going to be something that is different than before and different from what will come. And that is a wonderful opportunity to explore together what it's like. And you can also ask them, what do they like and what do they like about Christmas? And you may find some really interesting stuff. I knew one family who is um, is talking about doing Christmas breakfasts because their four-year-old is like obsessed with breakfast. And so the kid is like, we should do Christmas breakfasts. And then every time we have a Christmas breakfast, then we have to talk about what our favorite thing about Jesus is. And they're like, okay. So they're really looking forward to Christmas breakfasts. Who knows how many times they'll do that, but they're gonna surf the wave and jump on board. Um, it's an adventure and it can look weird because it's about finding God in the midst of whatever circumstance you're in. And uh, your church may be doing stuff, your church may not, but don't worry about it. So uh, what are your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, ponderings? What are you facing? What are you worried about? What is your um, stress? And uh, I'd love to sweep the stress off of you so you can actually enjoy Christmas because I think it's going to be so good. It is going to be so good. It is a chance to establish for your family that what Christmas is about is finding God in the midst of everything rather than... It's about hitting all of these Christmassy things to do. It's going to be so good. So um, let me um, let me pray for you, and then we'll hit any questions. God, I thank you so much for this beautiful season of Christmas when it's dark and when it is lonely, when we are facing oh, just sort of a stripping away of everything that would normally be. God, I pray that this would be one of the most precious Christmases to our families. That this would be a, a time that we look back on and say, I'm so grateful for that one Christmas that we had that was weird and different and us. And God, I pray for creativity for all of us. Not that we would do more activities, but creativity of where to see you and find you and to make moments to connect with you in this season. That we may truly encounter you in our little ways that will look different from everybody else, that we may um, establish this foundation of you at Christmas. I pray for peace that passes all understanding. I pray that we would see you and know you more in this season and that you would um, just let us truly walk in peace and deliberateness as we go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, right. So uh, some questions we have already. What is your recommendations for the best Christmas books for under fives? Well, uh, I, I see that other people have been giving some advice and some suggestions. Please keep sending those in. I think it really depends on your kid. I tend to like folding it into the bigger stories. And so sometimes uh, it can be things like, what if you pull in some of the Easter books into this season, like The Garden, The Curtain, and The Cross? Is that 
a book? Did I just make that up out of my head? Uh, or things where you can talk about, you know, God came. It's not just about the baby, but it's about the whole story in that. I love Jesus Storybook Bible for your older ones. It really depends on if you're looking for those, you know, sort of plot points of the of the Bible story, or if you're looking for the more um, holistic things. The Jesus Storybook Bible can be a beautiful one. I know it can be a bit, the language is a bit much for um, threes and fours, but I think also it just establishes that. It's something beautiful that they can take in tiny snippets. But pay attention to all of those suggestions because they're living in it. Um, which of God's qualities do you think under fives can grasp through the Christmas story? Excellent question. Um, right, what would I do? I think, I think there is something about seeking God that can be really helpful because I find almost everybody was looking for God in different ways. The the wise men were, um, they read lots of things and they found God in books and then they went to go find him. They were looking, where was he going to be and what was he going to look like? I wonder is a really good thing that can come out. And the shepherds, the shepherds were working with, with the sheep that were being used to connect with God. And they were going, I wonder what God looks like. Everyone was wondering what God looks like. Do you ever wonder what God is like? And I think those three and four year olds can engage with that sort of wondering, um, but they can also, everyone can catch God with their emotions. And so, you know, experiencing peace. Peace is that feeling of, oh, everything feels right. Just for a moment, everything feels right. And one and a half year olds can feel that when we all lay down and we're cuddling and you can just name it. Oh, I feel so peaceful. This is how I feel with God. And that sense of naming those emotions. Um, what else can you pull out with, with the Christmas story and other threes? I think there's something about God wanting to be with us. God couldn't wait to be as close as he wanted to be. He couldn't wait to live with us. And that sense of God seeking us out can be really significant. God was so excited to to be with us. He's so excited. He wanted to do it. He was waiting. He was waiting. He was waiting. And the big day came. He was so excited. He was more excited than any of the rest of us. And that sense of, of God's heart and excitement to be here can be so significant as well. And if we're looking at God's character, you can talk about God's patience of, of how many times people messed up and he was not going to give up. He is so patient with all of us. Uh, God being with us and God wanting to be with us. There's so much in there. Uh, but don't worry that it doesn't have to be one aspect of it. But I think when you look at the Christmas story, there is so much of God's heart for us. And so therefore, if you wanted to go down, you know, God wanting to be with us, it's not just that he is with us, but that he wants to be with us. So you can invite him into your dreams. You can invite him to sit with you. You can invite him into the car and you can just create a pattern. Remember, life with under fives, spiritual life with under fives is is treating God like he's in the room because he is. And so whatever you pick, um, you can just, just create windows into where God is there, invite him in, frame for him where you see God doing stuff around and uh, just tap into that. Uh, question three, how do we make... Christmas special and distinctive and clear that it's important to us as Christians. My son preschool has lo done lots of celebrations for Halloween and bonfire night in Diwali. And I think he thinks Christmas is just another celebration, but doesn't get the significance for us as Christians. That can be hard because then it just becomes another series of celebrations. And I think this is when the Parenting for Faith tools really come into being. Because with Halloween and bonfire night in Diwali, those are activities, well, at least Halloween and Bonfire night are activities that you tend to participate in. Diwali is something that 
is really special to them and and that's not something that is part of part of what we celebrate but we you know sort of be like oh it looks like you're celebrating something how exciting for you um but christmas isn't a it isn't an activity it isn't an an excuse to party christmas is a time to remember and so what you may want to do is to picture it like a remembering like a a birthday or like a time where you take out all of the books of your pictures or you go through online and be like, I love when I sit down and we look, oh, look at all the pictures and our hearts go, I loved that. And wasn't that great? And I'm so happy. And it makes us feel close to each other. When we look at pictures of the past, we remember what we're like together now. It's a wonderful time of celebrating together who we are. And that's what Christmas is for us. It's a time where we pause and we say, remember that one time where this happened and oh, it makes such a difference to me now. So this is something for us who know God in this way, who experience God every day to look back and remember for that. So it's different than other times, which are great parties that some people have get to participate in. This isn't a party. This is a remembering of, the, of someone who is so close in our family and with us every day and remembering of what he did then and who he is now. And so maybe it's about just shifting it and being really big at creating windows into the difference God makes to you and framing for your kid how, you know, I'm so glad Jesus came because now I can talk to him all the time and framing the importance of what what Jesus Jesus coming then means for me today um, to unwind those views of if God is feeling distant and saying, you know, this is who God is. And I love remembering you know, this time, just like we sit around and tell stories of each other. I love telling this story. Of God, it just makes me, it makes me look at Him again and go, "Yeah, God," and it, it's pulling the relationship in rather than the religious celebration. Uh, question four: We have been praying every now and again with our children, six, four, and two, about being able to have our family round for Christmas. How would you recommend explaining it to them if we are unable to see our family at Christmas? Um, sorry, if that's a tricky one. I like tricky ones. Doesn't mean I can answer tricky ones, but I like it. Um, I think there's something about helping our kids manage disappointment. Whether or not it was this, it's there's always going to be something that we're praying with our kids about. And it doesn't quite work out the way that we think it's going to work out or the way that we want it to work out. And so sometimes what you can do is is tie in, like when Jesus was was praying right before he went onto the cross, he was praying and he was saying, you know, God, this is what I want. I would love to not have to do this, God. Really, is there any other way? Any other way this could happen? But in the end, he said, but not my will, but yours be done. In some ways, you, you, you can look at that and say, well, Jesus didn't get what he wanted. But actually what happened was he said, this is what I want, God. He expressed his whole heart to God and he asked God something, but he said, but I know your plan is bigger and better. And and you can work through everything. And so, God, I'm willing for whatever you want to do. And so I think there's something about saying that we're expressing our heart to God and we're asking him for something. And if it doesn't work, then God is going to do something significant in our family that's going to be different than every other year. Because it's not just about God giving us what we want or not want. It's about how is he going to weave together this season for the good of those who love him. Because that's a verse in the Bible. That is a promise 
God weaves together all things together for the good of those who love the Lord. And so God has good and great purposes for this Christmas. That's going to be different and could be different. So maybe we'll see our family and that would be amazing. And if we don't get to see our family, then we're going to look for how God is going to weave this. And we're going to participate and we're going to think and we're going to thank him for what he's doing and how he's doing it. And then just as you go forward, you can say, God, I'm so disappointed that we don't get to see them. But I know that there's going to be something different and good. And so we just want to tell you, God, we're feeling a bit sad about it because you can express your feelings to God. And then you can say, God, I'm feeling sad, but I'm also looking forward to what it is. What do you want us to do to help us be with our family in a different way this Christmas? And you are then walking that disappointment and plan alongside your kids as you go forward and walk that together, um, which is a great pattern. Uh, and then, oops, sorry. My kid's downstairs alone. I just want to make sure that is my husband coming up. Okay, fine, it is. Just checking. Otherwise, I have to go home and defend my family. Uh, right. Uh, question five, Santa's pros, cons. Is it a fine balance between what's real and what's not? Are we mean if we choose to not go down the Santa route? If we do pretend about Santa, then what they discover reality is our danger that our kids will think Jesus is just a pretend story too. Yes, welcome to the Santa debate. People have many opinions, I'm sure, uh, below. Be kind to each other. Um, I think they are figuring out what's pretend and real. And so everyone does things differently. Some people choose to do the Santa route. Some people don't choose to do the Santa route. Um, I think that really is down to what you and your family value and why and how you want to do it. I think there is there is always a danger that your kids will think Jesus is just a pretend story too. Um, but then you can just highlight to them that no that was a game we were playing and this is definitely real so there are different ways out of it it kind of depends on what your family think and value and do um if you're not mean to not choose to, to do the santa route i didn't do the santa route uh we did um it's a game that people love playing at christmas and it's not our job to ruin the game for other people um, but it's a fun story to think about that and it came from St. Nicholas and that's what he did. And so if other people are playing that game, then we let them play that game and we can enjoy that. It's a fun story that people tell around this time. It's just not something for me that that's true. Well, I know other people who I respect deeply did do the Santa thing. And then when it came time to let them know that Santa wasn't real, they said, yes, it's a game that we play and it's about generosity and helping children feel loved. And now you're part of the game and you can do this too. So I think it's really about knowing that how are you going to explain it how are you going to to cater it and walk it out and how do you want to balance that with your kids but I don't think there's a one right answer I think everyone decides on their answer and that is passionate about it and uh, it's okay to pick whatever works best for you uh, and then the last question would you encourage role play of nativity with baby dolls which under fives love of course Absolutely. And with Spider-Man too. Spider-Man make fantastic Josephs uh, and uh, She-Ra's make fantastic Marys. You can do whatever you want because it's, it's about that play. It's about the wondering. And this is a great storytelling tool. As you have, I don't have a doll on my desk, but I have a puppet on my desk. And as you have, you know, Mary walking down the road, you can pause and go, I wonder how she felt. How do you think she felt? Where was God when Mary and Joseph were walking down? Hmm, where was God? I, I know, God was probably watching, wasn't he? He was watching. And he was saying, you can do it, Mary. 
you can do it. And you can you can add God as a story to it, as a, as a character. You can pause and say, well, I wonder what God felt when Mary was pushing. Or I wonder what song they sang. What song do you think they sang when they, when they, what did it sound like when they sang? And you can make things. And so I think playing it is an absolutely wonderful thing. And it also gives you a chance to wonder together about everything. Oh, you have so many great ideas. I'm sorry if I didn't answer your questions brilliantly or well. <laughs> But hopefully you could disagree with me or like half of what I said or other people have been wiser underneath the comments to correct what I was saying. But no matter what it is, you are the parents and you can nail this Christmas because God has done great and wonderful and mighty things and we can celebrate it. And so celebrate it in your way. It will look different than everyone else. Don't be pressured to do anything that anyone else is doing. Do your thing and make this a Christmas to remember. Not because of all the big, fantastic, performancey things you managed, but because of those little God moments that you found together. So we will come back together again, I think, in December. No idea what that one will be about. But uh, in the meantime, I'll be praying for you as you plan and think and decide what's next for your family. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Music